Hello, this is Leslie Garfield-Tenzer, and this is Law to Fact. Today I'm speaking with Renee Allen about the all-important IRAC issue rule analysis conclusion. <music> professor Renee Allen is an assistant professor of legal writing at St. John's University School of Law formerly Director of Academic Success at the University of Tennessee School of Law. Professor Allen explains issue rule analysis conclusion and makes clear that if you follow this formula, regardless of whether your professors think you should follow IRAC or not, you will succeed in law school. This is a must-listen-to conversation for anyone who's about to take law school exams or who's taken law school exams and not been happy with the way they've performed. Let's continue the IRAC conversation online. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Ask us your questions and we will respond. You can also always reach us at lawdefact.gmail.com. If you're new to the podcast, check out our other episodes, all of which are available at www.lawdefact.com. We have episodes with great professors that help you really learn the law. I mean, who really understands the rule against perpetuities the first time? And there are also episodes on career services and clinics and almost anything that will help you get through law school. Check them all out. If you're listening to Law to Fact, chances are at some point you'll be taking the bar exam. Well, getting ready for the bar exam means you'll need to choose the study program that's right for you. Kaplan Bar Review will get you ready to take on test day with confidence by offering $100 off live and on-demand bar review with offer code LESLIE100. Visit www.kaplanbarview.com today to sign up. And finally, my familiar plug, please like us on any of the podcast platforms on which you use. It really makes a difference for us. I'm thrilled to have you talk to me about IRAC. And that's something that students hear about as they prepare for exams, but I don't think that they fully grasp it. And I think especially if you're preparing for law school to learn what IRAC is as you go into law school can be a huge help for getting ready for exams. So let's begin with what is IRAC? Um, so IRIC is an ac- acronym for a common organi- organizational structure of legal writing, um, and it stands for issue, rule, application, and conclusion. Um, it is the framework for your written legal analysis, um, and it's the best way to ensure that you are in writing meeting the expectations of your reader. Um, so legal readers have readers of legal writing have certain expectations and um, the IRAC framework just helps you or helps students ensure um, that they are meeting those expectations in writing. Wow, that's a perfect way to say it. That is the perfect way to say it. Um, before we get into what each one stands for, you bring up a question. So a lot of students will say to me, well, you're an IRAC professor or this professor is not an IRAC professor. And I really think even when professors say they're not IRAC professors, that really if you use the IRAC formula, you're still going to meet every professor's expectations. What do you think about that? Right. So I often hear students say when I'm talking about IRAC that Professor so-and-so said, I don't like IRAC. Um, and, um, usually what that means is they want to see that organizational framework. So they really do want you to organize your writing, um, in a way that follows the IRAC formula, but, um, they don't want to see the words issue, rule, application spelled out as headings as a part of your writing. Um, but in general, um, even when people say they don't want IRAC, they do want IRAC. 
Um, because again, we all, we as readers of legal writing have expectations for what um, that writing might look like, and they might want it in another form. So instead of Iraq, they might want a crack. Um, you know, so they might want you to start with the conclusion. Um, and and most faculty members I find um, are straightforward um, if their expectations are different from that kind of Iraq norm. Right. And, and so it's fair to say that using, you can't go wrong if you follow the IRAC or the CRAC or CRAC form. So let's go through. So what, what does IRA and C or what do each IRA and C stand for? Um, so I is your issue. Um, it identifies the legal issue um, in the um, underlying hypothetical problem on an exam. Um, when I talk to students about writing, um, their I, when they identify the issue, um, you want to include not only the narrow legal issue. So, um, the issue is whether a contract was formed, um, but you want to also include some relevant facts. Um, so the issue is whether a contract was formed when, um, and, and throw some relevant facts into your, um, into the statement that identifies the legal issue. Um, but the I is all about identifying the issue at hand. Okay, great. And what about the R? So the R um, identifies the rule or rules that govern resolution of the legal issue. Um, one of the things that um, is I, I see a lot with um, new legal writers, so first semester um, law students, is that they're most are able to identify identify a very general rule, um, but the general rule usually won't go far enough in defining um, the words within the rule that have legal meaning. Um, so, for example, um, I often see in a contracts class, students will say um, a contract is formed when you have offer acceptance and consideration. And that's true. That's a very general rule for contract formation. Um, but if you stop there, you leave your legal reader with many questions. Um, and so I remind students when they're writing the rule um, and they're thinking about um, the, the rule part of their IRAC to think of their professor who's going to be reading their essay as an educated lay person. And so don't assume that they know anything. Um, treat this as your opportunity to shine and show them what you know. Um, so instead of stopping at um, a contract requires offer acceptance or consideration, you want to say an offer is, acceptance is, consideration is, and further define those words that have um, legal meaning. Excellent, excellent point. And you bring up embedded in that a true point, which is, I, I like to say, right for the uninformed reader. You said an educated listener. Same thing. One of the biggest mistakes I think students make is that they don't want to offend a professor by suggesting that the professor doesn't know anything and therefore like not telling them anything. Right. You, you know, there's, I, I show this all the time. There's a movie Philadelphia in which Denzel Washington plays like the toxic torts lawyer. And yeah. Tom Hanks is a um, elite lawyer who's bringing a discrimination case and he brings it to Denzel Washington. He, you know, he gives a very erudite explanation of what's going on. And Denzel Washington says, I don't get a counselor. Tell it to me like I'm a two-year-old. <laughs> and I show that video every semester because that's what you should do for a professor. Right. I agree. So, And it's, t it's hard to convince new law students of that because it, it can seem like you're talking down to 
your audience, who is usually a law professor. Right. Um, so I always say, just treat this as a way. This is your opportunity to shine. This is your opportunity to tell your professor what you know about what you learned this semester. All right. So dear listeners, you hear from Professor Allen. <laughs> it's got to be true. Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about the A for just a second. What's the A? Um, so the A is your application. Um, sometimes people call this the analysis too. Um, I like application better because it's, it simply is applying um, the rule uh, to, some, to the relevant facts in the hypothetical. Um, I find that the application is the most challenging part for new law students when they're um, working with IRAC. Um, and so I encourage students to think about the application like a math problem. And so your application is rule plus relevant facts equals a application. Mm -hmm. Um, and that plus is connecting words like because, since, as, when. Your goal in the application is to explain to your reader why or how um, the facts matter and do that by applying the rules. And so um, almost every sentence in the application, just as a, a way to self-assess, um, should really answer the question, so what? Um, so the application shouldn't just re recite relevant facts, summarize relevant facts back to your professor, um, but it should answer the question, how or why are these facts important? Um, and you do that best by um, connecting those relevant facts to some part of the rule. So if you say the rule, is, the, the, the rule is important because, and then you give the facts, then you're automatically hitting both aspects of the application. Yes. That's great advice. And let's just talk for a second about conclusion. Kind of self-evident, but let's just, what is it? <laughs> Um, so conclusion just brings your argument home. Um, it affirmatively states your resolution to the legal issue. Um, one of the things I always encourage students to be careful about is introducing new ideas in the conclusion. So just make sure that your conclusion wraps up your IRAC in a nice little bow, um, but it doesn't introduce something else. If there's something more to say, it's probably the time to start a new IRAC and address a whole new issue. Um, but the conclusion just brings your, your argument home. It affirmatively states one way or another your resolution to the issue that you've identified. Perfect. All right. So I is issue, R is rule, A is application, some call it analysis, and C is conclusion. I hear all the time about this thing, mini-IRAC, mini-IRAC. So what is a mini-IRAC? Um, so I've heard people describe this as kind of nesting. Um, this mini IRAC, um, is, is kind of like an IRAC within an IRAC. Um, so for example, if you have an, an, an essay question that is more of a, what they call an issue spotter mm -hmm. or a, a large issue with many sub issues that you must tackle, um, to get to the, the resolution of the broad, large issue, those mini IRACs come, um, are sandwiched or nested in between some broad issue that the question is asked you to, uh, to um, resolve um, and your overall conclusion. Um, so I, I just, anytime there's a new legal issue, you probably need a new IRAC. And I think that's, that's especially true when you have, when you're arguing both sides. So it seems to me that if you have the issue and the issue is, is there a contract or the issue is, is there a battery? And then you give the rule for contract for the, the rule for battery. 
but then you don't break it down into its smaller components, the elements of battery, say, or offer acceptance consideration, and do these nestled IRACs for each of them. When you do your application, your application is applying the facts to this offer acceptance and consideration without getting into the specifics of what might trigger an offer, the specifics of what might trigger an acceptance, and the specifics of what might trigger consideration. And so the less, the, the more broad you are in your issue and rule, the less likely you are to get into the unique individual subfacts or subsets, I should say, that professors give points to. Right. I agree. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, I, I talk about that. So I, I like to show students an exemplar, um, kind of a good, better, best example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really you're thinking about how, how can I earn points? Um, most law school exams are graded graded with a relative grading approach. And so how can I set my answer aside for my classmates and my peers? Um, and one of the ways to do that is to, to do those mini IRACs so that you um, aren't identifying just the, the issue on the paper that someone who may not have been to law school might be able to identify, but you're going deeper and demonstrating your understanding of the law um, by talking about the specifics of each of those components of a very general Excellent. Let's talk a little bit about grading. So when I grade my exam, I tend to, if we have an IRAC, I tend to give two points to the issue, two points to the rule, four points to the application and a a point to the conclusion. So most of my points are in the application, um, in the application part of the exam. Is that been your experience too? Yes. Um, And so um, most of the points generally um, in, in, in my own class and also in my colleagues um, will go to the application. Um, and I think that's really important um, for, you know, new law students to hone in on because it, that's also true for the bar exam. Um, and so ultimately um, you're writing and you want to be successful in law school, but uh, most law students will sit for a bar exam and the written portion of that exam um, the points are allocated very heavily for the application. And what now, now another common question students have is what happens if they spot the wrong issue? And so I do an IRAC, but it's the wrong IRAC. Yeah, that's tough. Um, you know, I think the, the best way to avoid that happening is practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, IRAC is a great tool, um, but Without practice, it's highly unlikely that any student will get to a final exam and execute it um, um, and earn, you know, the most points. Um, mm-hmm. IRAC is a tool that takes some time to work with. Um, and through completing practice um, essays, what you're likely to discover are um, are certain facts that trigger, trigger the application um, of a, a certain IRAC. Um, and so... Um, you know, if you identify the wrong legal issue, as you said before about points, there may be something in the IRAC that earns you some points. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best way to avoid that happening is to practice the I- application of IRAC along the way. And how should students practice? Oh, goodness. So there are tons of, I mean, uh, there are opportunities for practice really are endless and uh, Google Uh, now (laughs) tends to be what I recommend the most um, because a lot of um, law faculty members all over the country 
are just posting um, on the internet their resources. And so um, in addition to resources that your law school might offer, like West Study Aids um, or Lexus Overdrive or Quimby, um, or resources from the commercial bar companies that most 1Ls get for free that include practice essay questions, um, you can usually type into Google um, 1L contracts essay um, and find all types of release um, practice questions and model answers. That's so interesting. You know, you talked for a second about, um, you referenced commercial learning tools and one of the things that I think is important for students to understand is that you can learn the R from the commercial tools. You can learn the R. You can memorize the R. You're going to get the R points. The I is going to come from briefing cases and spotting them. And the A is going to come from practice exams and recognizing how to apply law to fact hence the name of the podcast, but how to apply law to fact. Um, And those are the two things that go on in the classroom experience that you cannot learn by taking a brief off the internet or by just memorizing the rules. Yeah, I agree. Um, And there's no, there's no supplement for, you know, active learning, active listening, thoroughly engaging in class. I mean, there's just, you, you can get, you can open any contract supplement before you ever start law school and you will be exposed to all of the rules that you'll likely cover in your contracts course. Um, but that alone is not going to get you, you know, an A or whatever your desired grade is in the course. Um, there's really no supplement for that active engagement. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, what else, what are some things that students come to you about for, um, with respect to Iraq? Um, so just kind of getting it. Um, one of the things that I encourage new students to do when they're first practicing with IRAC is to um, take their practice um, answers and color code highlight them. Um, so just designate, you know, blue for issue, pink for rule, yellow for um, application, um, and green for conclusion, and go through the answer and highlight the respective parts. Um, and then, um, after doing that, go through, particularly in the application and ask yourself, so what, um, how or why do these facts, um, get to the resolution of the issue by applying the rule? Um, and if each sentence in the application can't answer that question, it's probably missing something and you want to go back and, um, revise that so that you're answering the kind of, so what, or the how or why question. That's excellent because the so what is going to lead you to only the stuff that's legally significant and not the stuff that's not. Right. I once I once gave a problem about um, whether entering an unattached garage was a dwelling, and I gave cases, and all the cases talked about kind of what went what goes on in a dwelling, like if they eat there, if they sleep there. Nothing talked about whether the dwelling needed to be attached or not. So students who talked about the attached part didn't get the points. Because there was no legal significance to that. So the so what is awesome. Um, I am just going to put my two cents in for one more thing, which is a legal um, and academic support tip to your tip. I ask my students to highlight also, but when they highlight the application, I ask them to use two different colored highlighters, one for the law in the application and one for the facts in the application. Mm -hmm. And if those are 
meshed together, then you're applying a lot of fact. If one is on top and one is on the bottom, you're not really analyzing. Right. The other thing, so after they highlight that A with whatever color they decide, um, what I encourage them to do, and I've done the two colors for the application also, um, is to have them circle every time there is that plus. So anytime there is because, since, as, when in their application to go back and circle it. And then to look on both sides of that to see if they are connecting some relevant part of the rule with some relevant facts, um, really to answer kind of that so what question. Um, I, you know, I've, I've read a lot of legal writing and, you know, I don't know if you can have a thorough application without using because, since, as, when. If those words are missing from the A, um, it probably needs some revision. That is an excellent, excellent point. Excellent. Because if you have the plus, you have the law plus the facts. That's a brilliant point and one I'm going to carry through with me <laughs> into next semester. So one, one more thing yes. that comes up often um, is the, um, you know, in undergrad, so I was an English literature major and I wrote a lot of papers. And in English lit, writing is praised for being verbose and fluffy. And so I sometimes get students who have concerns um, about their writing because IRAC is, is a formula, right? And the writing sounds very formulaic. It al- almost reads robotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I tell students is the more you sound like a robot when you're reading <laughs> this back to yourself, mm-hmm. you're probably closer to being on the right track, robots, <laughs> right? So yeah. um, one of the challenges initially with IRAC, t- you know, in addition to the things we already discussed, is the getting rid of the fluff. Um, because sometimes writing and, and prior learning experiences is praised for being fluffy um, and pretty. And legal writing isn't always pretty and fluffy. Actually, it's concise and it's to the point because legal writers, legal readers generally are also um, crunched for time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, if you sound like a robot, if it's the issue is whether the rule mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. X, mm-hmm. Um, then you're probably on the right track. And even if you, you know, if you don't like that, you're welcome to ask add in some nice transitions um, and use more words once you are fully comfortable with that style of writing. You know, it's so amazing as I'm speaking to you and as I speak to everyone, um, all the people that I speak with on this podcast across the country, I am amazed at how incredibly universal all professors uh, think with respect to exam reading and writing. Because everything you say, we've never met. We don't currently live in the same state. <laughs> We're in different time zones even. Um, but everything that you say, and I, I agree with. It's funny. I, I say to my students that instead of saying the beautiful white cat tripped slowly across the lovely green lawn, you got to say the cat walked. And right. so one of the great takeaways from our conversation today and from all conversations is we're not making this stuff up. These are the keys, <laughs> right? That like right. you do this, you will succeed. Yeah. 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 And I, I think I can appreciate the, the roadmap. Um, I think, you know, the fact that um, technology, this podcast um, um, has made it such that, um, you know, the, the hidden curriculum isn't so hidden mm-hmm. anymore is mm-hmm. important. Um, and so, um, yes, it's universal and, um, you know, we're trying not to trick you 
We really that's exactly, do. Right. That's right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that's a very good point about the hidden curriculum. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. We, I mean, nothing I think would make professors happier than to see all their students to succeed. And certainly nothing would make a law school happier than to see all their students pass the bar. Right. So I kind of sometimes right. sing high, high school musical. We're all in this together, you know? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway. Um, um, all right. Well, this is, this is wonderful. So just to repeat, we've got the I, which is issue, the R, which is rule, the A, which is application, and the C, which is conclusion. But sometimes we'll say C-I-R-A-C, which is putting your conclusion first. Quick question as we're signing off. If you put your conclusion first, should you also put your conclusion at the end? Um, so that depends. Um, I say yes, but it's the most brief conclusion you've ever written. So um, it's a thus or a therefore um, and very straight to the point. Perfect. Um, probably without facts. Great. And I really thank you very much for explaining this and reminding students as we end our conversation that this is not hidden, that we want you to do well and to take this advice um, seriously and uh, practice it and you are likely to do well on your law school exams. So that's my discussion with Professor Allen. Parting words about IRAC. IRAC is a way to answer an exam. It's a model. It's not something that you have to follow literally, although I truly believe and most professors do that if you follow the IRAC model, you're guaranteed to hit the points that a law professor wants you to hit and get the most points on your exam. Remember, Law school is not undergraduate school. We know you can memorize whatever we show you. What we want to see on a law school exam is that you can think differently, that you can think like a lawyer, rule-based reasoning, rule-based thought, and IRAC leads you to that. One other thought. Some people call it CRAC, Conclusion Issue Rule Analysis. Conclusion. We talked a little bit about that today's episode. But it's still the same thing. Focus on the A, as Professor Allen says. Once again, a reminder that Kaplan Bar Review is offering you $100 off their live and on-demand bar review program. Just use Leslie 100 as your code when you sign on at www.kaplanbarreview.com. And one thing you could do for us, like us, subscribe us, rate us on any platform on which you listen to us. It really makes a difference for us. And you can always reach us at lawdefact at gmail.com or tweet us at lawdefact. Thanks as always to www.bensound.com for the music and enjoy your day.